We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, Tommy Yvonne, Steve Ribeiro, a.k.a. the podcast that said F it on the postgame from Sunday night. It's the reality situation. We just said, you know what, week 18, nobody cared. So we just had a good old time. Steve was doing Lord knows what. Tommy was lit. And I was bored because no one would podcast with me. So here we are. Hey, I care, man. I was sick. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I enjoyed watching Carson Wentz ball out for 60 minutes and beating the 49ers. It is nice seeing the Rams beat the 49ers. It was nice. But here we are. And it's the game that we all wanted. We all wanted Detroit. If you're a Rams fan, that's who you were looking for. You want Detroit. That's, that's, a, that's matchup heaven. Jared Goff versus Matt Stafford. Rams versus their former front office in Detroit. It is the, a game that I'm sure any one of us will have marked our calendars next year. For our staff, we already have. We're, we're, we're going. We're on it. And here we are. Sunday night football. First things first. Tommy, how you doing? I'm good, buddies. What's crack a lacking? I'm good, man. Uh, I want to hear from you guys, man. I I think I had the Rams winning six or seven games before the season, so I'm shocked we are here in 
mid-January talking about the playoffs. I, I can't imagine how floored you guys are to actually be in this moment of doing a pregame Rams 2024 postseason podcast. It's you got to give credit to the team, man. They had a growing schedule uh, and a lot. And I mentioned this with Johnny. A lot of concerns before the season are still concerns today. And the team is 10 and seven in the playoffs. Uh, it's crazy. That's one word for it. But wait, wait, hold on, Steve. I mean, you're telling me you're, you're not, you're not, you know, sitting there in your chair, you know, patting your back saying, man, I predict they would win more than five games. I deserve cookies. <laughs> I said this on our show last week, and I'm sure you guys will appreciate it. Like, I know there's a lot of people online who were optimistic about this team. Nobody had Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams breaking out to the level they broke out at. And that's the number one proponent, in addition to, like, Yes, I'm sure some people bet on Stafford bouncing back. Yes, I'm sure some people bet on the line holding up. Um, but, like, if Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua aren't all pros or borderline all pros this year, we are not in this situation because, like, the secondary still stinks. Uh, the pass rush was better than expected, but, like, still have concerns. It's like a lot of the things we were concerned about are still concerns. But, like, those two dudes, in a, and to a lesser extent, like, the rest of the rookie class was playing great. Uh, just elevated this team in such a preposterous way uh, that like, that's to me the number one reason I, I think we're here uh, and it's a, I'm happy about it. I'm happy to eat my words. I know you guys are too. It's just, it's surreal that we're actually in this moment now going into the playoffs with this squad with barely any changes since August. I mean, Steve, to hear you talk, it's almost like you lost your Virginia. It's in this moment now. Like in, in, in this special moment, we'll mark this in our 2024 calendars. It's um, crazy, man. It's <laughs> it's fulfilling to like I we we all said this. I think going into the year, like it was last year was so depressing because the expectations were so high. And this year, the expectations were non-existent, and so we've just it's just such a delightful team to watch. Minus that uh, three-game stretch when we played the Packers and whoever else. Other than that, it's been such a fun season. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Tommy. Yeah, that that's why it's hard to predict how a season is going to play out because of injuries to your team versus injuries to other teams. Last year, I picked the Rams to win 10 games. They won five. This year, I picked the Rams to win four games. They won 10. So you, you just you don't know what's going to happen. Our whole team got decimated by injuries last year, hence the five wins this year. Um, the rookie class just lit it up. I mean, you got four guys from the rookie class, uh, or three guys, and then one um, second-year player in Kyron who just became all pros overnight. I mean, Steve Avila, let's not forget about our first pick this year, who's basically the best left card in the league his rookie year. You know, um, it's shocking. For... You know, for anyone that was picking the season optimistically and saying 10 wins, you know, good for them. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, me and Derek talked about it. It's it's the hope and faith crowd. Um, they're the same every year. So I, I pay attention to them and they, they do the same thing every year. Since Sean McVay's been our coach, they pick us to go to the Super Bowl every year, just about. They pick us to go to playoffs every year, just about. 
they're consistent. I'll, I'll give that to them. Um, looking at the schedule this year and our roster is why I did what I did. And they outperformed by leaps and bounds. And why would anyone be upset about that? That's a Rams fan, right? There were people when the season, you know, when they clinched a playoff berth before they even won their 10th game, there were people on Twitter that were pulling out receipts from other teams, which was great. You know, the Seahawks, the the Niners saying, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. And they were going after those guys and pulling out receipts. Great. Go off to the other fan bases. But then they started going after their own and trying to pull out receipts for people that predicted the season to be bad. And in my opinion, that's Bush League because you're insinuating that the people that picked the team to be bad this year were going to be upset about it. Like they were saying, oh, you were people were rooting for the team to tank. Nobody was. Nobody, not one person, not even Caesar, who just trolls our fan base because our fan base is soft as Charmin, and he proves it every single week. He purposely trolls our own fan base because he knows how soft they are. The, the funny thing is he's in his 20s, and he's getting guys that are 25, 30 years older than him to melt down, which is hilarious to me. And as somebody who loves comedy, I, it makes me laugh. Because I know exactly what he's doing. I talk to him privately all the time about it. He's just messing with everybody because they're easy to pull the chain. This fan base gets in their feelings a little too easy sometimes. And you guys got to just relax. Attacking each other all the time is just, just stop. We're all on the same team here, man. And nobody is rooting for the team to lose. Nobody. I kind of took those attacks towards the same, towards our fan base. It's sort of like an attack on the credibility like you know, podcasters like us who said, you know, four, five, six wins and hey, you know, other ones out there saying, hey, we see you, look, we said we were in 10 wins, 11 wins, they're going to go to the playoffs, pass in the back. I just kind of took it, hey, you know, we, we know what we're doing. Those other guys don't know what they're doing. And I mean, that's ridiculous in, uh, on many, 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 many planes, especially you know, all you had to do was look at this roster. In week one, look at the schedule and think, yeah, this is going to be a rough year. Glad to be wrong. Glad to be wrong. But anybody who knows football, did the, who really knows football, 95% of those people did the same thing and said, okay, this is going to be a rough year for the Rams. And, and quite frankly, I was okay with that. I wasn't cheering for it, but I knew where we were. I knew we were getting out from that salary cap. I knew we, we were dumping money. We, uh, I mean... I'm sure, Steve, you talked about this on your show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, and I think in our preseason podcast, too, I was like, you know, there's a world where everything goes right and they, they get into the seventh team. Like, it was very possible. I, I wasn't optimistic about the team at all, but I also wasn't like, listen, if Stafford, Donald, and Cooper Cup play at their elite level, um, we can easily get into the seventh seed. Like the schedule, the back half of the year isn't bad. uh, And that proved to be true, like seven and one down the stretch uh, or six and one or whatever it was. And yeah, if if things went right, but I think the craziest thing is like a lot of the things that went right were not the things you were accounting for. Like we needed a breakout player in the secondary was my thing. Nobody broke out. Our best player was a guy on a vet minimum 
uh, who surprised us. And it's just like the things that happened, like it wasn't even Cooper Cup going nuclear again. It's our fifth round pick, Fuka Nakua, just be- having the best rookie season ever. Um, so it's, you know, I, I'm happy for the people that are op- more optimistic. Uh, they I, th- go and take your victory lap, guys. Like you were right to an extent. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, yeah, we were never rooting for the team to lose. And it's. I don't know. It's, I'm happy to be here. We're so ahead of schedule. Uh, and I think like everybody's goal for this year was let's see what the guys in the building can bring, who will be players for next season. And then in 24, hopefully we can add some pieces around them and get back to being a playoff team. Now it's like we're a playoff team. We're about to go into a very winnable playoff game. Uh, all you have to do in the playoffs is win four games. Am I saying they're going to win four games in the Super Bowl? No, but like it's in the realm of possibility. Now we're here and very easily. I think if they make a couple right moves this off season, they can be a just straight up Super Bowl contender in 24, which is like, you know, a homer. I would have called that homerism four months ago, but now it's like real. We're here. Uh, it, it's awesome. And it's crazy. And, and credit to the front office, man. Like, Everything they did, for the most part, worked out. Yeah, Steve, very objective, very objective take. And that's what I think every listener is looking for, is objectivity, whether you're right or wrong. Just being objective. What I was saying earlier about, I've been, people say, you know, oh, you don't don't listen to my content, you don't watch my content. Are you sure about that? (laughs) I've been listening and watching every Rams content creator this season. And I got to be honest with you, hardly any of any of them can are objective. I'm going to say it. They are homers. And it's it's unfortunate. I don't and and I and it's not just this season, it's previous seasons. There's some of them that are objective but lean homerish and then there's just some that are just homerish so they're pounding the table for people to be all pros that shouldn't even be thought of on our team um compared to their counterparts in the rest of the league that stuff drives me crazy you can't do that i'm not just a ram fan i am a fan of the league i love football i pay attention to all of it so I'm not going to sit here and be like, this guy should get in because I'm looking at this guy over here on a different team that is more deserving. I'm going to be objective. I'm going to be honest. And I wish more people would be that way. Um, I, if you want to be that way, and there is a portion of our fan base that loves that style of of content because it makes them feel all warm and toasty inside. And some people need that. I don't. Um, do I want this team to win the Super Bowl every year? <laughs> Who doesn't? Every fan wants that for their team but i have to be honest and it's easier for me and it's probably a personal thing for me at my age at 45 is i tend to temper my expectations so i don't get let down um steve are you a spider-man fan hell yeah brother all right so the movie i want to say it was the last one no way home where uh What's his girl's name? Zendaya. MJ. MJ. Okay. Um, there's a scene where she says something to the tune of, oh, I, I'm this way, so I don't get let down. I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah, but like, if you don't get your hopes up, you'll never be disappointed. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of that way at my age. Now, when yeah. I was 25, uh, yeah, I there was a point where we knew this team wasn't going to be good, like when we were in St. Louis. And every <laughs> my brother would laugh. My little brother's a Niner fan, dude. And we'd be talking about the teams, and I would be like trying to convince myself that Mike Sims Walker was going to make a difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I used to be that guy too when I was younger. But now I'm older and I'm like, yeah, no, dude, (laughs) I'm just wired differently now. Um, It's just it is what it is. And that's how I cope. And that's how I handle it. I don't expect anyone to be like me. And I'm not going to give the other guys a hard time for being like the guy I used to be. The only problem I have is when the two attack each other. That's not okay because we're all Ram fans and we all should be on the same page. Guys have come after me. On on Twitter, man, Tommy, you were way off. And I'm like, I sure was. I just it, instantly admit it. I don't get defensive. I don't get upset about it. I'm like, I was. I made a $100 bet with Alan Sales that we would not win 10 games. And we won exactly 10 games. And he picked 10 and said, you know what he told me? And this was a, the week before when we were at nine. I was like, bro, I hit him up I'm, you know, on the timeline for everyone to see because we all put this bet out in public. I'm like, we're one win away from one of us handing each other a $100 bill. And he said, I don't want your money. I don't care. I just, I'm happy that we're winning. And I'm happy that I got to meet you in person this season. And we're brothers now. Like, we're good. And I was like, you know what? I wasn't going to make you pay me either. Like, and I got, I made a friend out of it, dude. We had fun with it. And, but neither one of us got in each other's throats about it because why would we? We're both of the fan and a fan of the same team. And we love this team. So nobody nobody was actively rooting for this team to be bad. Um, we all hope that things are going to go well. And they did. And we should all be a united front at this point because we are going to the playoffs this weekend, gentlemen. I mean, wow. <laughs> this is amazing. Derek? I mean, one, I'm here on the scene talking. All I'm thinking is, Back when I was your age, and Mike Sims Walker. Yeah, that's we start going back that far, those distant memories, and I'm thinking, man, did I think Mike Sims Walker make a difference? I'm like, well, maybe I did. Yeah, you definitely Um, did. (laughs) um, Definitely did. You know, maybe I did. But at at the root of it, now, I mean, we have we have our Homer moments now here too. I mean, and you can't sit there. I'm not going to sit and criticize everybody for being Homer, but for gosh, I mean, when we start hitting our own, like. The Rams fan base is ridiculed enough by other teams and other fan bases. You don't need to ridicule your own. You really no. don't. You know. So let's get in the game. Before we do, we got to talk a little bit about prize picks. Those guys out there, the largest daily fan sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more, you pick less. It's that easy. And you do it with two to six player staff projections, and you just watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, a 10.5-point combo, three-pointers made, and receptions. You take that, you win, okay? Or if you want to hang out with your boys Meek Mill or Andrew Scholes, if you want to do what they're doing, you can go under community plays on the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize community 
every week, including those guys. Finally, the reboot policy. Prize Picks offers a reboot policy that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So what do you do? You go on over to pricepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk. Use the code Rams Talk for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time, go to pricepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk and use the code Rams Talk for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so the actual game itself. Sunday Night Football, it, in my view, guys, it, there, there's really just one key. And it's going to make or break the game. But I'm wondering if you guys are on the same same place. So I'm going to ask you first. Going to Steve. Steve, if there's one matchup in this game that takes it, what is the most important matchup right now for Rams and Lions? I would say the at least thing I'm most concerned about is Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown versus our secondary. We're, now unfortunately for them, probably going to catch a break at doesn't seem like Sam Laporta is going to play, which is a, a huge loss for them. He's been a historically good rookie season. But this, you know, we talked about things going into the year. Like, going into the year, the secondary was a huge concern. And it remains, I think, our the weakest point on this team, particularly at cornerback. Uh, Akella Witherspoon has been 
commendable in in how well he's played, and I hope they bring him back next year. But we are devoid, really, of just a big time, you know, elite guy here. If only we had one last year uh, on the roster that we could have kept around. But that's a topic for another day. Uh, but like, I am terrified that Amon Ross St. Brown might just go for 200 yards and and wipe us off the planet. Now, I think the big thing that depends on is Jared Goff cooking. And I think both quarterbacks in this game are going to, you know, it's going to be a weird experience for both of them. I think hopefully Sean McVay and Raheem Morris bring out all the stops against Goff. They know this guy better than any other opposing quarterback in the league by far. And so I think the, the biggest thing for us, besides the obvious, not turning the ball over, scoring, yada, yada, is just, you know, getting in jared goff's head as much as we can because if if we're letting him letting his receivers you know win routes and getting them the ball it's going to be a tough day but that that to me is the biggest thing like the we are outmatched against pretty much everybody but when we play these elite receivers like st brown uh it's a tough day for our our cornerbacks and uh we we really need to find a way to make it difficult for goff to to get guys like that the ball um, and I think it's something that, you know, I'm sure McVay has been waiting for this matchup for a long time. I'm sure he's excited about it. Tommy. Yeah, we have to focus on the one thing that I said during the scouting process um, when Jared was coming out. And the one the one thing I did not like about him is if you got pressure on him. He would fold like a wet paper napkin. He does. And I'm not talking about blitzing. I'm talking about pressure in general. If you hit him, he gets rattled. He hates getting hit. He's like Sam Bradford was when he was on our team. You hit him a few times and he is completely off his game. He just, where guys like um, Stafford, you hit him, he'll get right back up and be like, that's all you got? He's just wired that way. He's a football player. A lot of these quarterbacks are not. They're just quarterbacks. And Jared Goff is just a quarterback. You rattle him, he's done. You give him more than three seconds, he's going to carve you up like Peyton Manning. We all know what Jared is capable of. We've seen it on our own team. We're seeing it in Detroit. He has one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the league. We have to get pressure on him. We have to confuse him um, with some scheming, some, you know, some type of blitzing. We have to get, we can't play soft um, on the outside. If we're going to blitz, we have to put some pressure on the receivers to allow our blitzers to get there, or they're just going to chop you up in, in the underneath stuff. You just have to rattle Goff. Um, this team, oh, man, I look at their roster and there are so many players on the Lions that I've mocked to the Rams over the last couple of seasons. Um, one of my buddies that's a Rams fan makes jokes and says, I'm a, I work for the Lions. I said, no, me and Brad Holmes just see things a certain way, I guess, because a lot of the players that he picks I love, I mean, my first pick this year for the Rams was Brian Branch um, when we were on the clock, and he ended up being on the Lions, and he's really good. I mean, really good. 
They have a good team, but the Rams are the hottest team in the league right now. Seven and one in the last eight games, and easily with with a few bounces here and there, could be eight and zero against you know because that Ravens game. Nobody wants to play the Rams right now. We just gotta keep the mistakes down because this team is young. They can't afford to make too many mistakes. But I think that on offense, all we got to do is establish the run uh, to get our passing game going. And then on defense, just rattle Jared as much as we can. Um, I'm sure that's exactly what Raheem and Sean are talking about behind the scenes all week long is how do we get to him? How do we get around those five big boys and whatever running back they keep in the chip so that they can pick on our corners with St. Brown, like Steve was talking about. So I think if we work those angles, we win this game. What about you, Derek? I mean, for me, the matchup the entire time is in the secondary because we know the secondary is going to suck. I mean, it's they just are what they are, and it's not going to change. You you try to compensate for what they are, and that takes you to what you guys have been talking about. You have to get pass rush on on golf and it's got to be consistent pass rush. You don't have to hit him every play, but you have to have him nervous every play. I think that's what you're getting at. You have to have him thinking about it every play. That's really when mm-hmm. he, the Rams offensive line didn't never protect him when he was in the Ram, but they had a hard time keeping pressure away consistently, especially I'd say 2019, 2020, those last two years. And you know, he doesn't like consistent pressure. He gets happy feet. And then he'll start making bad decisions, especially across the middle. So if you want to force those bad decisions, you got it's got to be one of those motor games or that defensive line is consistently there in his grill. Again, they don't have to hit him every time, but you got to get that man running. You got to get him moving. You got to get him thinking. And, you know, you got to show a couple different looks because either way, that secondary is going to get beat. It's not going to be a low-scoring game. I, don't, I mean, would you guys agree? I don't see this as a low-scoring game. I see this as a 35-28 kind of game, 34-27. So it's going to take just a couple good stops to really turn this thing. Uh, so that's the matchup for me. It's that defensive line against that really, really good Rams offense. I mean, sorry, Lions offensive line. And if you can at least be consistent in pressure, you've got a shot. Otherwise, it's like Steve, you were saying, car apart. So that's what I think is going to happen. If they can't get pressure, it's going to be it's going to be a new turkey day out there. It's going to be Amon Ross, St. Brown, Williams, or whoever else they're going to get. Oh, a guy by the name of uh, Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, is going to be out there catching footballs against them. I mean, it's going to be that kind of day. If Josh Reynolds is the one that takes us apart, it's going to be that'll be tough to swallow. Oh. That'll be a tough <laughs> one to watch. Yes, agreed. Uh, Credit to him, though. He, he's been playing well. He's good. I got a connection with Goff. I, how do you guys feel about Stafford going this game? This is obviously going to be a bizarre experience for him. I'm sure it's going to be like out of body walking into the first Lions home playoff game in 30 years. And he's quarterbacking on the other side. It's I mean, this guy's obviously played in big moments. He played in the Super Bowl and won. Like, I think he won't, you know, be rattled by it. but. Like, this is going to be a bizarre day for him, I'm sure. I think uh, 
I think Goff is going to be more rattled by us coming in there and the pressure that's on him and his team in the home environment. I think all the pressure is on them. For Matt and his personality, he's going to go in there with his collar popped and he's going to say this to himself. I'm going to show y'all. <laughs> you're going to find out. You you think you forgot about me, but I'm going to remind you of who I am. Because that's who he is. That's his personality. He's a born leader. That's just who he is. And that's what I've always loved about him since he was coming out at Georgia. You know, he's a leader. He's a leader of men. And he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks it. Matter of fact, he walks it more than he talks it. And he's going to go in there and he has something to prove. Um, Because they cast, you know, as much as we cast out. And this is what no one talks about. Is as much as we wanted to get rid of Goff, they wanted to make a change at quarterback, which is crazy in Detroit. Because imagine Stafford behind the team that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell had built. For the, it's probably he's. I bet you he's at the house sometimes having a conversation with Kelly, and he just shakes his head and she's like, "What?" And he's looking at the roster online and he's like. You got to be kidding me. They built this after I left. All these years yeah. I was there carrying this stupid franchise. And and this is the disrespect I get. That was a mutual, a mutual split, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that's yeah, probably got to bug him a little bit because this roster is beautiful, dude. It just really is. Mm-hmm. And it's got to piss him off a little bit, especially seeing that offensive line, you know. I mean, all of it, the defense, the running backs, you name it, dude, tight end. He's probably shaking his head like, bro. So he's got something to prove in a sense where he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you guys, and we're going to, I think we're just going to get the best version of him on Sunday, and I'm super excited to watch it. I do want to point out that the reason why he it was mutual is because, you know, he had been getting the crap beat out of him for a decade there and won the chance to win. It's not like he wanted to leave Detroit. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, I mean, they turned it around very quickly after he left, but the year he left, uh, didn't they start out like, Oh, Oh, in a billion. I remember it was such a big deal when Goff finally got that win. Yeah. They lost like the first half of the season games. I, I agree. So he's probably watching that going. Yep. I got out and then he got a trophy his first year in LA. So he's like, yeah, I did the right thing. Um, and I get it. He looking and how many coaches and GMs that he had been through in his career in Detroit, he probably saw another regime coming in and he's like, man, I ain't got time for this. I'm exhausted. Not knowing that this would be the time after all these years since 2009, that they actually were, it was going to work because Historically, in the franchise, they've done nothing. So he's been there since 09, and he looks back at the history. Doesn't matter if you change coaches, GMs, players, the result is the same. It's just Detroit. They're cursed. So he's got that beaten in the back of his mind. So he doesn't see Dan Campbell in Brad Holmes as saviors. He's just like, they're just another dudes. They're just more spokes on the wheel that are going to fail just like everyone else did before them. So I can see where he saw that situation was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this, you know, but in retrospect, he's like, damn, they did it. 
<laughs> they did it. <laughs> you know, it's got to be eating him alive a little bit, you know, because that was his home, dude. That was his home. But now his home is in L.A. and he's going to give him the business on Sunday. I'll never forget that play where he got hit. Playing for the Lions, got hit, knocked in his butt, was pulled off to the sidelines, could barely walk. Who lays there basically writhing in pain for like 15 seconds, gets up, goes back in the huddle, and beats the Browns. It's one of the most, well, his, probably his most famous play. Threw that thing deep, and, and, and that, I mean, that was the kind of quarterback and was, the player he was, there, and he's still the same player now. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. he literally gave everything he had to the Lions. And quite frankly, the Lions organization should be ashamed they didn't do something for him sooner. I'm glad they're good now. I mean, uh, it, the Lions are a feel-good story. Like, you want to see them do well. You want to see them succeed because they've sucked for 50 years. I just don't want them to succeed against Rams. That's my team. No, if the Rams, you know, season went the way some of us thought it, it was, I would have went back to what I did as a kid a lot of years is that when the, when it was playoff time, I had to find teams to root for in the playoffs. So I could still enjoy the season because my Rams were never in it. <laughs> so I had to pick some rooting interest. It was usually a team that was playing against the 49ers when they were in the playoffs. And we weren't that I would always root for regardless of who they were um, in the nineties. It was always the Cowboys because my mom and my brother are trader Niner fans. And so I always have to go after them my whole life. And if the Rams aren't in the playoffs, I'm sitting there watching the, you know, in the nineties, the Cowboys year in and year out, just take them out. And I would just sit there and root against them because I hate their guts. And my mom and my brother get so mad at me. You're such a jerk. I'm like, I'm a Rams fan last time. I hate you guys. Like during football season, I hate your guts. All right. The rest of the year, I love you guys, but you're trash to me right now. My great grandma wouldn't even let, my brother and my mom wear their jerseys in the house when they came over to watch the game. They had to take them off because they were traders. They grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. In our house, it was Rams, Dodgers, Kings, Lakers, or get out. That was my great grandma's rule. So she's lucky she let them in at all, <laughs> you know, but they had to take their jerseys off. That's how serious it was in our house. So. I was always rooting against them. But point being is I I always had, I needed someone to root for. If the Rams weren't in the playoffs this year, I would have rooted for the, for the Lions. I like what they're doing, you know, just not this Sunday, not anymore, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Not when you're going up against our boys. It's, it's foot on the throat time. Now. I I can't wait for this game. I'm so Looking forward to it. It's, the matchup itself is just great television, and and the NFL made a great decision put on Sunday Night Football. By the way, that's the they game did, that the and they knew what they knew what they were doing because they knew football fans in general want to watch this game. Because if I wasn't a Ram or Lion fan, I would be tuned in. Like we are not going anywhere Sunday night, Mama. Why not? Your team's not playing. I don't care. I am not missing this game. It is going to get huge ratings. Huge. And hey, you got to give credit to Carson Wentz and the Rams backups on Sunday because I don't know if we'd be having the same tune here going into a Rams-Cowboys game. Uh, This is A, much more fun, and B, I think a a more winnable game for us. Uh, And if if we had lost on 
on Sunday to the Niners, we we'd be preparing for a Dallas game. So uh, credit to those guys. Carson Wentz ran the ball seventeen times. What a what a guy. Yeah, man. I <laughs> thanks. You know, thanks for reminding me I didn't do a podcast that night. Jeez. <laughs> oh i'm so glad we're in this position though just like for the feel-good story alone you know it it is i mean i i want to say it's a more winnable game i I just think because of the way we played dallas earlier on in the season um but then again didn't stafford get hurt in that game he did um but also like i not even that like Dallas is a, a much better team than Detroit. I, I think they're better, but not by like a huge margin. And obviously that game where they beat the Lions was very controversial. But like even though Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown is is a scary combo, like CeeDee Lamb could potentially go for five hundred yards at this point against the Rams. I know. Uh, he is on fire. He is. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh that's a terrifying proposition. I think Dak is you know, he struggled a little bit lately, but um, I think it's easier for us to game plan to get into Jared's head than to to disrupt Dak. Not that, I you know, would, we're going to disagree. I would, would disagree. Well, yeah. because the, the Cowboys front seven got exposed a bit too as well. And that exposure is they, they have they can't handle the run. They're small up front. They're small and fast on purpose. But the price they pay is they, is they can handle the run. We just run car them all day and wear them down. Yeah, we didn't have Kyron when we played them too. We were yeah. There's there's another one. I was gonna. I was just gonna say that. There's another one. I was like, did we have Kyron that game? No, we didn't. Yeah. If we were starting twenty two versus starting twenty two, I ain't afraid of either one of these teams. I'm not. I mean, there there's flaws. Like this is. I think the one thing I like about this playoffs this year is that I don't really. There's not a team in there that really scares me. There's not a team that that screams Super Bowl champion this year. There's no. a bunch of teams that are that just don't look good. The NFC, the playoffs. When I was looking at it, when everything was the dust settled, I was like, "And we're in." I'm looking. I'm like, "Bro, this is this is ideal." Like these teams stink. Like the Eagles stink. Yeah, they are horrible. The Packers are young, like us, and we're honestly we're a better team. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They get in the playoffs and they don't look like the Cowboys anymore. Um, and until they prove me wrong, hey, you know, they always. It, it, the funny thing is, is them and the Packers over the last, you know, handful of years, even going back to early Aaron um, Rodgers days, the, the 49ers have really just been the Grinch for the Packers and the Cowboys over the last decade or so in the NFL playoffs. I mean, whether it was Jim Harbaugh and his his teams in San Francisco or Kyle Shanahan's teams, boy, have they really. I'm sure those two fan bases are sick of the Niners just as much as we are, dude. Jeez. Oh, my God. But this NFC looks weak, dude. I mean, even the Niners, I'm not scared of them either. They're beatable, dude. No, they I'm are. Gonna hot, I'm going to hot take this. And, and Steve, I think you're, you're up next, man. Uh, I'm going to hot take that. I would say outside of Baltimore. Who, by the way, I, I still believe the Rams outplayed for much of their game. I would look at the AFC and think, okay, they don't scare you either. And it's not talent. Mm-hmm. It's just they're not they're not playing well. Buffalo's not playing well. They puttered along. They 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 
did their job to win, but they didn't look good winning the last month and a half. Pittsburgh, nah. KC looks like crap. Miami doesn't look good. Cleveland is half hurt. I mean, that's a Super Bowl team right there. If they're if they're healthy, Houston is a year early. And then you mentioned the NFC. Nobody scares me. And guess what? The Niners don't scare me either. And it's because they've had their moments this year where they just haven't looked dominant. So to me, this is one of those rare years where I really believe anybody can win this thing. I mean, the team I think that's got to be the favorites, Baltimore. But, uh, you know, it's not – I wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for the Rams to make the Super Bowl this year. Now, I'm not saying it's a homer. It's just nobody looks good. See? No, it's, it's, I mean, it's insane. And I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I made an insane take on at the beginning of the playoffs. I picked the Rams and the Browns to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a hot take. Yeah, it, well, like the crazy thing is, like, listen, yeah, I, I threw like five bucks on the Rams going to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie, because the odds are ridiculous. But I, do I think they're going to do it? No, but like, it's not that crazy. Like, like you said, like everybody except Baltimore heading into the playoffs has looked weak. Like, Derek, I think you're being a little hard on Buffalo. Like, I think they they look better than you're giving them credit for. But like, yeah, they they've toughed oh. out some wins against not great teams too uh so same same with a lot of these teams. you know do the 49ers scare me yeah <laughs> of course they scare me but for being the best team in the conference relative to other years they're in relative to other 49er teams no i don't think they're that terrifying and so like yeah the rams are hot uh they they've only lost the ravens over the last couple of weeks and like you guys said like that was a very winnable game for the Rams, but I, you know, I, I still would say the Ravens are the clear cut favorite. But yeah, man, it's, it's very doable. No, none of these teams look very good, and uh, yeah, I, it's, it's wild that like we're just sitting here saying like the Rams could make the Super Bowl, and it's not crazy. I think as far as six seeds go, they're they're as respectable as hell of any six seed we've seen in the last couple of years. I don't. I. I'm not. Being hard on Buffalo, dude. I've watched. I mean, remember, I'm on the East Coast like you are, and I've watched a lot of Buffalo Bills football this year. Unfortunately, in the last five six weeks, yeah, give them credit for winning, but it has been pretty man. And and, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that Josh Allen's not healthy. We keep, well, yeah. you know, Josh Allen for the last half of the year has not been healthy at all. His shoulders all messed up, so he's playing hurt. And when your quarterback, your dual threat quarterback, is playing basically one arm, you're not going to look great. But that again, that doesn't change the fact that they don't look scary at this point. They just don't. And they'll be back next year. They'll be better next year. I think a lot of these teams that kind of took a step back, like Cincinnati, will be back next year. I think the Rams, the way they're building, man, I'm like, my gosh, dude, can you imagine pulling off a draft in 2024 like they did in 2023, what they'll do for that franchise? If they can it's do crazy. it two years in a row? And they have cap space. You know, it, it's, I can't wait to see what they do with that money. Trade those picks. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Settle down with the trading picks. I don't want to hear I'm none kidding. of this nonsense. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. Oh, we'll see who's out there. You know, you can't rule it out. I want, I want Les Sneed. <laughs> if Les Sneed created F them picks, won a Super Bowl, and then went back to the old school way and built a Super Bowl team through the draft, he will be the greatest GM of all time. You know that, right? <laughs> like, he would have been, he would have done it two different ways. 
if he starts trading picks again, then we're like, oh, come on, dude. Like he did such a great collectively, not just him, but the whole scouting department, Sean, all of them. They did a great job for the first time in a long time. And I had no complaints outside of Stetson Bennett in this draft. Um, no complaints. I didn't. Every time they took a player, I was like, dude, nice. You know, and I haven't been able to say that for a long time. So super. And you know me, I'm a big draft guy. It's my thing. So scouting is what I do. 26 seasons. It's my 26th year. And I was so pumped. I mean, when Steve Avila was the first pick, I knew they meant business. You know, I knew they did. I remember that. Yeah, that right there told me, dude, I went nuts because I'm like, all right, now they want to play football. Yeah. Yeah. Now they, you know, because this guy in TCU is such a killer. I mean, I watched all his tape. Dude was a road grader. And he would take his first guy out and immediately look for a second guy to take out. That's just how he's wired. And he's doing it for us, too. He's a headhunter. He's always looking for work. He's not just focused on his assignment. He takes care of his job, and then he'll go double-team someone else when that guy's on the ground. I mean, he was one of the best guards, if not the best guard, coming out of the draft for a reason. What he has, you cannot teach. Okay, and that's what I look for is those unteachable um, qualities in a player because everything else is coachable, but you can't coach toughness. It's just inside of you. It's who you are as a person. Um, And that's what we're looking for on the offensive line. And and anybody should if you want to have a great offensive line. And he's he's that guy. So this draft in general was amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. In this draft, um, because we have 10 picks right off the bat. Oh, Rams don't have any picks. Yeah, we have 10. And we could turn those into 14 easy if we need to. I don't think we do. I actually think we can go up a little bit. And I'm not talking about in the first round. I'm talking about collectively getting some more twos and threes and getting out of the sixth and seventh a little bit. I think we could take those 10 picks and turn them into seven starters. That would be my focus if possible. But We'll get there. That's a, that's a different podcast discussion. It's coming though. <laughs> it's coming. Hopefully not for a couple weeks. Hopefully At it's least, not next hopefully. week. Hopefully. All right. So getting ready to close up shop here. See any closing thoughts this game? You want to make a prediction? I will. I'm going to take the Rams. Of course, I'm going to take them um, 28 to 23 because you know they're not kicking a fucking field goal. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 God help us. Um, yeah, man, it's it's such a crazy storyline that this is actually the game. There's been a lot of talk about the the trade and who won. Like, who cares? This is one of the only high profile trades in all of sports, basically ever, where if you told both teams exactly how it played out and asked if they would do it again, they'd both do it again with no hesitation. Uh, I don't like a lot of Rams fans are arguing. We won. Who cares? Everyone won. It doesn't have to be a winner. Uh, and I think regardless of the outcome of this game, it's not going to justify the trade one way or another. Everybody won. Um, I'm optimistic about this game, but, you know, the fact that we're here uh, and to have a chance to win in the playoffs is, is, is exciting for me. Tommy. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams in this game as long as they could uh, keep the mistakes in line. Um, secondary and special teams. That's all I'm concerned with. Um, little things, um, punter, kick the ball out of bounds. Don't kick it to the returner. Those little things like that can make a huge difference. 
in how a game turns out. Um, we got Mar back as our kicker, right? I think we'll get one field goal in there. I'm going to go 31 to 27. 31-27. Are you going to dare say who wins? Rams. Come on, man. Rams. All right. So, uh, to me, this, again, comes down to how much faith you have in, in, in being able to at least slow down to a degree. You're not going to stop or slow down the Lions passing game. Um, I wonder also how much in... Jared Goff's head this game will be. So I'm I think it's gonna be high scoring. I'm gonna go 35-28. And I might as well go Rams because why not? I think that's, Thank a, God. that's who it is. Go, you would never let me live it down, but like see negative dance <laughs> showed up again. That would have been brutal. Yeah, yeah, nobody's picking none of us are picking against the Rams here. Just not gonna happen. I think the only time I've ever picked against him in the playoffs was the Packers game from the last golf season. Yes, and that was because of the injury to Aaron Donald. This, I, I agree that was a for me because that was the first time Aaron was actually ever really hurt. Um, and as soon as they started playing and we were on defense and I saw Aaron get off the ball, I was like, get him out of the game. Yeah, because, we were real outmatched too. That was yeah, a, that was a damn good Packer team. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was with you on that one too. Unfortunately. Yep. All right. Before we go, there's one last thing we need to cover. The news today. I mean, something's happening in football. Something is happening, and what is happening is the following. The old guard is on the way out. Today alone, Nick Saban retires from the University of Alabama. And the Seahawks, let's just be real, the Seahawks pushed out Pete Carroll. Bill Belichick's on the way out. Guys, what on earth is going on? Um, We watched this, um, what, 20 years ago or so? We saw uh, coaches that we grew up when we were kids watching starting to get pushed out for younger guys and we saw all that go down um it's just happening the circle of life is just happening again um the nfl's changing as it always does and you're either and and not just that but you know the older guys outside of pete carroll you know they're losing touch with these 20 year old kids you know what i mean They're, they're just it's just a different time and um yeah time to move on you're seeing them a lot of these younger, more innovative um, coaches get jobs. Um, younger, easier to relate to the players. Matt Stafford and Sean McVay are two years apart in age. That's a that's a huge deal. And how to relate to another person? They're basically the same age. You know, come from the same generation, can talk about the same things, tell the same jokes, and understand it and laugh because they're not confused. Yeah, that all that a lot of that stuff matters, and I think the human element gets forgot about sometimes in situations like this. Um, so yeah, it's 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 about that time. We only have you know what who's left? Bill Rivera got pushed out. Pete Carroll, we got Bill Belichick, right? I mean, Anthony Day, Andy Reid, any day. 
Andy Reid is still the Andy Reid still getting it done though. Whew. Yeah, still getting it done. But let's be honest, he's got Patrick Mahomes though. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I think it's it's like you know it makes for Carroll and for Belichick like it makes sense for everybody involved to to move on there. Um, you know the the Seahawks have been running in place for a while. The the Patriots, you know, if, if Belichick wasn't in his seventies. Would it make sense to let him just like fully rebuild the thing? Yeah. But like, you know, how many years does he have left in general to, to be the coach? I, I think in both of these cases, it's just the guys who have been there for a long time, teams that could use a refresh just feels like it's the time. Yeah. End of an era, yeah. for sure. It is. It makes me feel old that I've seen it twice now. <laughs> but it's, I mean, there is. You know, there's there's parody in this league, and it's time, man. It's time. These grumpy coaches are not. I mean, I saw a game this year where O'Brien and and Bill, they just looked miserable, and they're just screaming at their players. And I'm like, dude, these guys got to go, man. You know, and that whole Bill Belichick coaching tree is the worst in coaching tree history, which is crazy. I mean, it really is. They all were duds. Not one of them was good. And we just saw, you know, Josh McDaniels fumble the ball again because he's a mini Grinch, you know, and it's like, bro, that that attitude is I could never play for people like that. Never. I would quit. I'd be like, you guys are pieces of trash just because of the way that they talk to people. I played for coaches like that and got in their face. I'm not wired that way, dude. Don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown man. I'll slap you in your head, dude. You know? Yeah, just some some people's personalities don't resonate with that patriot way or that kind. Nah, not that's not for me, dude. And I and I know a lot of players that wouldn't go to the Patriots because they're the same type of person. Listen, Gronkowski retired early because not just because people were like, oh, his body was beat up, but well, he came back for a couple of years to go play with Tom in Tampa for a reason because you got this happy-go-lucky, dopey frat boy. That's always in a good mood and just being stifled daily when he shows up to work. You cannot be yourself. Like, you know how much that had to eat a guy like Gronkowski alive? That dude's like the happiest dude on the planet. And 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 your coach is a monster. A grumpy old turd. That was never going to go well. And he basically said, I'd rather not play football anymore than play for this guy. And we proved that because he came right back out of retirement when Tommy got out of there. I don't care what anybody says. Tom Brady carried Bill Belichick, and nobody's ever going to change my mind. Well, fair enough. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. I don't have anything to say to that. I think if you win six Super Bowls over the course of time, it doesn't matter how grumpy you are, you found a way. I wouldn't just give all credit to him. You know, and and – you know, years ago, when Rams Talk actually interviewed Frank Stams, who former Ram who also played for Bill Belichick, you know, he he pointed out that there were issues in the locker room there in Cleveland too. But overall, it felt like Bel- Belichick was a wonderful coach. But you know, Bill, Bill Belichick's a flavor for only certain people, and sooner or later that flavor goes dry. So uh, that's all I got for that. Anything else you guys want to cover today? Mm, I'm good. Really? All right. So follow us on X at Talk Rants. Follow Steve at oh man, it's been so long since I've had Steve in the show. I forgot his I forgot his handle 
S.A. Ribeiro. Steve Ribeiro. Oh, Steve Ribeiro. Steve Ribeiro. Oh, see, see, I'm a hot mess. Ram, Tommy in L.A. and me at D.C. Apollo. We'll see you guys late Sunday night for the post game. And I plan on being there. You plan on being there, there Steve? Sure. 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 <laughs> Tommy, will you be Not me. Uh, nope. No. I'm going to be at the the watch party with the Rams Republic. We are combining all three of our locations into one. Um, Rams promoted all the clubs and their watch parties yesterday on all their social media platforms and their website. So we will all be there enjoying the game and having lots of daddy sodas and a lot of good food. So I will not be on the postgame show. Well, Steve, it's like you and me. All right, buddy. Can't wait. Hopefully we win. Hopefully we do. All right, guys, we're out of here. Have a great one.